Hello, good evening, and welcome to Ghana Connect. On Ghana Connect tonight, the big fix debate. The Kufado government has, has on no occasion turned its back towards fixing the problems of our nation. So, we're simply saying fix the country, regardless of the president or the political party. How can you be okay with children drinking contaminated water? Nane Kufuado is only one person out of 30-something million people. So, he cannot fix the country. And look, we need to fix our attitude. Well, it's still trending uh, in its various manifestations. It started as Fix the Country, uh, Fix Ghana Now, then uh, Black Tuesday, then Fix the Country Ghana. And tonight, it is at number one on the trends on Twitter with hashtag name and shame, where active, mostly youthful citizens are calling out their political authorities, showcasing their failures with the view to shame them. But there is also a strong mass of counter-hashtags, uh, hashtag pushers, pushing the hashtags, fix yourself, Nana is fixing, uh, Ghana, amongst, amongst others. So tonight, we will connect Ghana and beyond to explore the power of Ghanaian social media activism and the divide between you and political leadership, which really has uh, become uh, one of the most uh, debated issues this week. Everywhere you are tonight, you want to connect with us because we're going to be connecting you to authority. You can ask your questions and hopefully get some answers. Ghanaian's home and abroad. We'll connect after this break. Hey, 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 hey. My phone is broken. My phone is broken. We've all been here before. The moment when your heart literally stops beating and you see your entire social life and savings flash before your eyes. Yep. Your phone just fell and you are frozen in fear, awaiting the post-mortem reports to find out just how badly your phone is damaged. But now, you no longer have to panic when your phone experiences liquid or accidental damage thanks to MTN Device Insurance. Just install the MTN Device Insurance app, fill in the details and make payment and experience the peace of mind that comes with knowing your device is insured as you continue to enjoy the most amazing 4G Plus experience only on Ghana's fastest network. Visit MTN Device Insurance or download the MTN Device Insurance app on Google Play or App Store and get your phone insured today with device insurance powered by MTN. We day for you everywhere you go. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. 
Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase KNUSD Campus, UCC Cape Coast, and now at the Marina Mall, Airport City. Or call us 0302-764101-764209 or 7627-92. Visit our website, www.kingdomgh.com. Book your unforgettable summer holiday early with Carter Airways, saving up to 20%. Travel safely with us via Doha and spend time with your loved ones or seek a new adventure in the sun. Book with guaranteed flexibility by the 9th of May 2021 for travel from the 3rd of May until the 9th of December 2021 at carterairways.com. Terms and conditions apply. Carter Airways. Going places together. Allianz Insurance since 1890. At Allianz Life Ghana, we have a wide range of life insurance packages to suit all pockets from individuals, groups, associations, and businesses. We cover your employees, your funerals, pensions, children's education, and your future. Call us on 0302-267-892 or visit our website www.alliance-gh.com for more inquiries. Allianz Life. We secure your future. Extension Project Rent to Own Land and House Ownership Scheme by the Ningo Pram Pram District Assembly and its partners, supported by the Ministry of Local Government and Rural Development and the UN Habitat, are right here in Ghana. So be smart, oh, because where you trade and live really matters. Apply now and own a home or a fully serviced land. Wait a minute, oh, don't forget to join our affiliate housing cooperatives also. Special offers last up to October 31st. 2021. Call us on 055-55-3300 or 0577-911101 and 055-70-54635. Website, newacra.city. Plant City Extension Project, shaping Ghana's urban future. And you're live on Joy 99.7 FM. This is Ghana Connect. My name is Evans Mensah. Um, if you're in this country, you may have heard about a setting hashtag, Fix the Country. 
or fix Ghana now or Black Tuesday or it, it just many manifestations. One thing, um, a, a group of youthful citizens who are just dissatisfied with political leadership and where the country is right now. There have been counter counter hashtags also also making the rounds. The night's fixing it. We are fixing it. Um, and, and a lot more. They, this has... Well, there was an attempt to migrate this from social media online or to offline on the streets. Um, but it turns out that the police secures a restraining order to stop it coming off this Sunday. We'll get into all that sh- for shortly for you. Uh, if you've missed it, we put this together for you. The hashtag was fix the country. And then other people started pulling out pictures from their communities. And they also started posting it along. And in the end, we had over... 450,000 tweets were trending worldwide, number one. Joshua Boydo, one of many social media users who set the hashtag in motion. Um, Until the job is done, I don't feel like a hero because the hashtag can die in the moment and then we'll be back to zero. So I I want to see results. It became a full-blown agitation for better standards of living. Hike in fuel prices, unstable power and water supply, among a litany of other social challenges, were labelled as problems government was required to fix. Fix yourself became an almost immediate counter hashtag. A tweet by Nsawim Edwidri MP Frank Anodompre incurred the wrath of the protesting social media users. He tweeted, quote, take notice of these two, unquote alongside a photograph that had the following statements. Fix the country, Jimie. You don't pay your taxes. You politicize every good policy. He has since apologized, adding that he understands the concerns of the campaigners. I think it's a question of time. I'm very confident that uh, all of us, and here I'm not putting responsibility on any minister, I think that all of us in position of influence, all of us have a role to play. To, to ensure that the country will come atop this concern and deal with it. That did not end the counter hashtags. Nana is fixing it and let's fix Ghana together popped up as the governing MPP's officials joined the discussion to defend the government's record and commitment to dealing with the matter. The Kufado government has, has on no occasion turned his back towards fixing the problems of our The social media protest took a different twist as the Ghana Police Service was notified of a street march slated for May 9th. The police service, however, said it is unable to provide protection, adding COVID-19 restrictions remained in force. We were informed of our inability to give them the necessary protection until such a time that the restrictions are lifted. The protesters fired back, saying they will not back down. We know of no law that prohibits us from doing so. A high-powered government delegation comprising national security, defense, and interior and justice ministers met the protesters yesterday. But while the meeting was ongoing... Tonight, police secure restraining order, stopping Fix the Country protesters from embarking on a planned protest this Sunday. The police secured an injunction to stop the May 9th march. However, the protesters say they will push to have this court order set aside. This court order will not um, prevent us from exercising our right. And therefore, uh, we we would seek to set aside this court order by appealing to the same judicial process that the police has used. So um, that, in a sense, uh, sums up uh, for us what what really uh, happened with the uh, protesters. 
um, because as we just had there, there was a plan to get them on the streets as a way of, you know, translating what social media is saying uh, onto boots on the ground. Uh, we're going to get into the, that latest uh, happening very shortly, but it's a broad conversation about, um, you know, disenchantment with political leadership, but also uh, the counter, which is what you can also do for yourself. And I've heard this week the phrase, ask first what not what your country can do for you, but what you can do uh, for your country. Uh, connected with me tonight uh, to explore these uh, complex issues. Um, joining me in the studio, connecting the studios, Joseph is a student and social commentator with a keen interest in politics and social policy. Hello, Joseph. Thank you for connecting. Grateful to have you. Also connecting in the studios, uh, Nana Kwesi, OB, is a social commentator as well. Hello, Nana. Hello, How are you? Good. Doing well. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Dr. Pukwa Jumala, that's a long time. Yes. Great to have you, Doc. Uh, lecturer at the University of Ghana. Um, I don't know where he stands on the debate, uh, but uh, he helped us navigate it shortly. Uh, also connecting uh, all over Zoom is uh, Abdul Karim Ibrahim. He's a journalist and a graduate student. He joins us on Zoom. Hello. Hello, uh, Abdul. Ab- Hi, great to be here. Great to have you connecting with us tonight. Hadi Yakubu uh, is the with the Economic Fighters League. Hello, Hadi. Hi, Evans. Great to have you again, Hadi. I'm going to be starting with you shortly, so uh, stand by for me. Uh, And guess what? Um, uh, Mark Jordan, uh, I I saw him tweet quite a lot on this, pushing these hashtags very aggressively, uh, part of the uh, social media uh, organizers of this. Uh, Mark Jordan, great to have you connecting with us tonight. Hi, Evans. Great. Um, Thanks so much. I'm happy to be on the on the show. Thank you. And then guess who else is connecting tonight? Um, he's been kind enough to agree uh, to have a conversation with you, with, with you all. Uh, he, I'm sure you you know by now that the Vice President's Office issued a statement uh, on the issues that you have raised and others have to. And so I have with me uh, connecting the studio, Dr. Guinea Obwako. He's the uh, economic advisor and spokesperson uh, office of the Vice President. Doc, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Doc, for uh, connecting with us. I want to start with you, Hadi. Hadi, quickly update us. Um, yesterday, and we played that clip, you said uh, after you met with the, uh, with the high-powered government delegation that, um, you know, uh, you were going to attempt to go back to the court to attempt to set the uh, police's uh, restraining order aside. Uh, ha- has that been abandoned now and it's that, that uh, May night protest is dead in the water? Is that what it is? No, Evans, it's not been abandoned. Um, let me say hi to my colleague, Mark Jordan, um, and uh, commend him for the marvelous social media work that has been done. Um, it's not been abandoned, Evans. And um, if, if you know how this has come, you realize that it is not uh, a cause that can be abandoned midway. And even if some of the things that we are asking for are not things that can be done um, within two hours or even 24 hours or even a month, there the, are things that, um, you know, firm commitments will need to be seen before anybody would, would attempt it. But let me just say that um, we are on the protest that was um, um, plan was in twofold, you know, virtual and physical. Mm. And therefore, if the physical um, the protest was 
um, was prevented by the court injunction secured by the police. Um, we still have the virtual space, and we've we've dominated the uh, virtual space for uh, so many days now. And I think that is even what has brought down the message to everybody who cares to observe. So, so just just, um, of, just for clarity, May nine protests will happen, but it will happen virtually. May nine protests will happen but it may not necessarily be physical. The physical protest will, 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 will possibly come after we have successfully shot down this um, very preposterous injunction that has been put okay. on the protest. Grateful for uh, clarifying that for me. I want to go to Mark Jordan. Mark Jordan, I want you to... When, when the, this, the, the hashtag that started this set, uh, fix the country. When you say fix the country, who should... Who was this director at? Um, thank you, Ivan, for the opportunity once again to be on this conversation. Um, when we say fix the country, we are, ta- we are talking to government. We are talking to the leaders that, that were elected to take action. Promises were made. And up to now, we have not seen anything being done. It's been a year and over. All we are asking is for our leaders to go back to the drawing board and look at the issues that they talked about in their manifesto and, and work on them. At the moment, nothing seems to work in Ghana. Promises were made. But up to now, we don't even know what is happening. There's been projects that have been abandoned. And to date, the, Ghanian, the, the average Ghanaian does not even have a place to sleep. Meanwhile, there are projects that, that have been abandoned in the Saglami housing project where people could be occupying that place, the youth don't have jobs. There are no jobs. People, like graduates are literally graduating from the university and, uh, and becoming Uber drivers. How, how does a country like this move forward? Our roads are in terrible shape. Farmers are not able to bring their produce from the, from the farms to the city centers. Look, it is, it is really disheartening. We are only asking for the government to go back to the drawing board and look at the issue that they promised to fix and fix the country. So, so this, this is, is all we are asking for. So this is directed at uh, political leadership. Um, Nana, um, Nana Kwesi, you, you agree? I, I agree with him because I think that uh, for us, we nominate leaders to come in and fix the country. But we as citizens to have certain obligations and 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 we need to also know that because um what my brother is saying when it comes to unemployment it's 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 a very serious issue as such and i know about graduates who are driving uber but did it start today no it didn't start today you get what i'm saying we should know where where are we coming from from the fourth republic to date we've had leaders and some way somehow we, we, we are not at where we are. We, are. we are moving. But as we speak, you said since last year to this year, you are not seeing anything. There is nothing happening in Ghana. There is nothing happening in Europe. Because nobody knew. When, when, when 2016, I believe when the president was making promises, I, I, I didn't believe me and you knew there was going to be a certain pandemic. No. I'm equally a businessman. 
I, I have a small company around called Scores Blue and Associates. Okay, so I you're an entrepreneur. Quantity. I do not necessarily, okay. but business. I do quantities of being stuff. I mean, stuff are equally not good with me, but we need to bear with government that there is a larger issue that is some way somehow affecting all of us. So why don't we come together? If a hashtag could be able to get the audience of the national security minister and all these guys who were able to sit down with to discuss a demonstration, then after the demonstration, what? Why don't we, after getting that audience, letting them know this is the alternative we have to the issues you are raising? You talk about roads. As we speak now, the road fund has been, uh, is more or less like a collateral to a loan that was taken somewhere 2015, 2016. You can correct me. I'm not holding brief for government, but this is where we are. How do we come about? What do we do? You see, that is the conversation. What do we do? I believe we can do A, B, C, D. As we speak now, I know government is doing so many things to create the a good environment for private sector growth. But me and you know that there are several, several youths, some living in Takradu, who do not even know about NEIP, who do not even know about Ghana export promotions. They don't even know that if I have a source market outside there, I can move to Ghana export promotions. These are the conversations I think we should start leading that you see, yes, this is here. Why don't we tie in so, all so this you, you belong, So campuses. you belong to the school of thought that says, instead of just say, target this at leadership, we should make it about ourselves also. Not necessarily ourselves. We should use it as an opportunity for us to come onto a, a roundtable discussion, come out with, you know, sustainable solutions. So, so in other words, the citizens should also be, be solution-oriented. Solution-oriented in some ways, some are helping our leaders. Because let me give you this example. You know, after the Korean War, South Korea, why was South Korea able to come out? Why was Germany able to come out after the Second World War? Because there was a national conversation. How they were able to, some way, somehow build the economy such in a way that, you know, they didn't owe that much. Now we are training much more nurses. But we know nurses, somewhere uh, this week, nurses were picketing that they want to be posted. By I and you know, uh, somewhere last week, the, uh, last year, sorry, the president made certain arrangements with Bahamas to export some of these things. For me, this is where I think we should, chan- we should channel the energy. Okay. It shouldn't the, 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 be an opportunity like a- to, you know, hold some extremist view, especially looking at this, where we find ourselves. Look at our neighbors all around. Mm. We know. Let, so let, let me let me let me let me bring know. in Hadi. Hadi, what would you say to that? Hadi, can you hear me? Evans, I don't really. I, yeah, Evans. Go on. Um, I, I don't really get the point that my brother there is making. Um, uh, we should help our leaders. <laughs> in which way? I mean, every citizen has specific obligation, you know, that in the social contract, you are supposed to discharge. And once you've discharged that, it is the responsibility of the leaders to then uh, give their part of the budget, right? And people get, the, people get the wrong impression. When we say fix the country, when we say fix the country, people, people tend to think about the fact that they are, they are attacking necessarily the government of the day. The country 
is bigger than just the government of the day. We are talking about an, an NDC-MPP duopoly that has monopolized politics in Ghana since the Fourth Republic and that have basically debased political governance to um, um, chop chop and, you know, basically just mediocre uh, uh, leadership. If you look at what my brother there was talking about, about ideas, look, in, in 2010, there was an effort that was commissioned to go around the country and do research about the, constitution, the 1992 constitution, which we label as the second constitution, but that's a discussion for another day. And they, I remember the Dr. Rima Tugba was the executive secretary of the Constitutional Review Commission. Do you know how much money they spent on it? And yes, they, they finished the work and, and, and put it on the shelf. Nothing of, of, of it has been heard since then. There is, as we speak now, a completed 40-year development plan that uh, um, National Development Planning Commission did, going around the country and collating ideas and, and perspectives from diverse uh, uh, people. Where is that plan? All right. So all of these, if you are talking about giving leaders ideas, who says a leaders don't have ideas? And if they don't have ideas, on what basis would they, they come to campaign and get elected? All right. So if people are asking for things to be done, right, they are they are they are merely being uh, um, citizens who are looking for accountability and who who are paying their taxes discharging their part of the bargain. Nobody can discount that there are issues with people's attitudes. I mean, nobody can discount that. But there's a wise, wise saying that somebody said some time ago, that leadership is cause, everything else is effect. Okay, I mean, so how do you, hold on, let me expand this conversation. Let me bring in Joseph. Joseph, where do you start? So I, but, I guess we've seen that. But, I'll come but, but just a minute, I think I, I would have to clarify. No, I didn't say uh -huh. that. We should give our leaders idea. I, I didn't say it. Okay, let, let me let me let me bring in Joseph. Uh, I guess we've seen the two sides yeah. of this. So there's one side that said leadership, and then we've had the other side that says, well, everybody else must put their hands to the wheel. Um, where do you stand on that, Joseph? Yeah, thank you. So I believe that it's true that uh, leadership has a very very big responsibility, and then leadership also has a very significant role to play. But then. I think that when you look at the face the country now or face Ghana now movement, it's very hard for you to see exactly what it's about. And this is why. For every complaints that you see, like unemployment, low wages, you know, electricity, water, all those kind of things, we need to understand that these problems are essentially two things. First, we could have problems that you think have been created by this particular government from 2017 up till now. And then we can have problems that are legacy problems. They are problems that you have usually with developing countries. They are, they are usually problems that you have with countries in sub-Saharan Africa, if you, if you wish. And so if you are complaining about problems that go along with developing countries, problems that are to a large extent linked with the kind of economies that we've had for a very long time, then we need to situate those kind of demands very, very well. Because if you say unemployment is a problem, and he wants government to fix the country now. Yes, it's true, it's a problem. Everybody knows unemployment is a problem, and we need to fix it. But that's not something that you do in six months. 
or yeah, two months. But, but I guess the point is that they haven't seen any anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'll get over, to over, that over, over the period. Exactly, exactly. I'll get to that shortly. So the, the the thing is that when you look at the demands being made, the demands are coming from a very passionate, very emotional place, and it's very hard for you to respond to those kind of demands with statistics because if you tell me your brother just graduated from the university and he's unemployed and he's driving an uber and i tell you that unemployment rates have dropped from about 14 percent in 2015 2016 and we are now doing about nine percent you don't care about that number what you care about is that your brother is at home and is unemployed so it's very difficult to engage in this particular climate that we are in because a lot of the demands are coming from very emotional places Mark Jordan was saying he's not seeing anything and that there's nothing happening, which can't be true because the numbers don't support that, that impression that he's not seeing anything. For example, um, Hadi was also just speaking and he says there's a 40-year plan from the NDPC and what is happening to that plan. Hadi knows that plan has been broken down into 10 four-year medium-term plans and that is what has informed a lot of the things that this government has done. Things like IPEP and all those things. This, like the first part of, you know, is 40 years. It's been divided into 10 of the four years. So they've started working on the first four, which, uh, you know, it has a lot of things about rural infrastructure and all those things. And that's what's informing things like rural water, you know, the sanitation and all those things. These guys. Where can these documents be found? Where can these documents be found? Where can what? Where can these. 10 years on, on the uh, NDPC website, it's, 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 just it's not on the, there. It's, it's not there. there. I visit the NDPC website almost two times in a week. How did, you, how did I get to know this? It's not there. Okay, you can simply That's share why I'm the asking link you. And, and okay. Maybe you are making it up. Why so, will so I know? So then share, share the link and then. Okay, but Hadi, please, I think it's very yeah, disrespectful. Share the link. It's, I think it's very link. disrespectful for you to say I'm making it up, please. We, we told you I said you maybe you are, are because I've been visiting. No, no, uh, Hadi, 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 you, you don't know for sure, so don't yeah, don't yeah, surmise. No, no, no. I, I mean, know for sure that's that's sure. Sure. no, because but, no, so 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 just understand this. You you know for sure. He also knows for sure that you know. So don't make. Yes. Yeah. Let's have let's have let's have a conversation. Yeah. Okay. Let's have a conversation. I want you to interact. Um, really, this is what the conversation is about. So that's your point. Yes. But so, I, so I'm coming. So the point briefly, is yeah. that these problems we have, we could have current problems, and then we have legacy problems. Yeah. These legacy problems are things that you you talk with in the context of statehood. You don't pin it to a government and say like this government in this short. These are legacy problems. So we need to bring out that element of it very very well. If we don't do so then no matter how many times Hadi or Mark Jordan says it's not about one government, it will actually become about one government. Because we give, give, me a, give me a quick pause. That very well. Mark Jordan, interact with Joseph for me uh, briefly. Um, and I want this to be an interaction. I'll bring um, Dr. Ajiman and Gideon Baku in shortly. But Mark Jordan, r- respond to Joseph for me. Thank you, Ivan. Um, I would like to go um, take you from the um, the the Vision 2020 angle where um, my brother was um, sharing some untruth over there because... Um, no, no, I'm not talking about Vision 2020. No, I'm not talking about Vision 2020. Vision 2020 is, has expired. It ended in 2020 So what, for Christ, what were you talking about? I'm talking about the, what Hadi was what? referring to. That's the 40-year development plan. I don't know if it has a nickname or something, but 
that's supposed to work from 2017 to 2047 or 2057. Okay, that's a clarity. My Jordan, that's a clarity. It's not vision 2020. Okay. Well, um, okay, well, thanks for clarifying that. But, you know, we are in 2021. And to be honest with you, Ghana has failed to achieve the objective of vision 2020. Mm-hmm. Even as it was said about some 20 years ago by ex-president, may um, so recently, um, Jerry John Rawlings. Today, I mean, let's go back. In 1995, Singapore's GDP was $8.87.89 billion. Today, Ghana's GDP is at $55.56 billion. And the GDP per capita is projected to be around $2,100. Unemployment rate in Singapore in 1995 was 3.3%. Today, can, can my brother in the studio tell me the unemployment rate in Ghana? Ghana, Ghana got independence before Singapore. But where, where is Singapore now? Ghana became independent before Rwanda. Rwanda has gone through a serious situation. They came out and they are the leading hub in Africa. Ghana, with all its natural resources, we are still lagging behind. It is promises upon promises upon promises. Nothing is moving. We are, we, are, we are experiencing a system, a culture where people are enriching themselves and not thinking about the, the average people. The call for fix the country is for the young Ghanaian to, to, to question our leaders and ask them, where is my next meal going to come from? Where, where are the jobs you promised? Where is the good health care you promised? Where are the hospitals you promised? Those are the things this call is, is asking for. Okay. Uh, uh, hold on, Mark Jordan. This, hold on, Mark Jordan. This is a non-partisan and non-political movement. Everybody pushing this agenda is pushing it for Mother Ghana. We are not doing it for any political party. I need to point that one out there clear. This is for Mother Ghana. The youth are tired. Somebody will ask, oh, you live in Canada, so why are you doing this? I am a Ghanaian first. I am a Ghanaian first. Everything in Ghana concerns me. My family is in Ghana. My relatives are in Ghana. My friends are in Ghana. So when people sit out there and say, oh, he's living over there, I, I have to support the initiative in my country. I have business in Ghana. I am affected. I pay employees in Ghana. What are you talking about? Okay, Majordan, hold on. Uh, I want to come to the two docs in the studio now. Uh, uh, Doctor Bidobako. Uh, no, no, no. Hadi, hold on. Hadi, hold on. Hadi, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'll come to you. I'll come to you. Hold on. Hadi, hold on. Let me come to Gideon. Gideon. So you speaks for the vice president. He issued a statement to yesterday, in essence saying, "Listen, guys, we are making the effort to fix it. We are actually fixing it." You just heard Majordan. What do you say to you? Hear the passion there. What do you say? So you speak. What do you say to him? Yeah, Evans. I think uh, I appreciate the passion. I appreciate the genuine spirit. I should say that all of us, um, young and old, are attaching to this very important conversation. From where I sit, as being part of government we very much identify with the concerns that people are making that indeed we have expectations as people and 
insofar as our expectations are not met to the levels that we anticipate to have, we have genuine concerns and we have to express them. There's a question of at whose doorstep do we place the concerns? Obviously, government comes to mind. And it's because government is entrusted with the sovereign power of the people to act on behalf of the people in their best and utmost interest. There's another important dimension that Joseph raises and which I agree with, that government cannot and would always not act in isolation to achieve the kind of desired results that we want. And therefore, we also have to see that we have a complementary role to play in augmenting what government does. So it's more or less like a shared responsibility. You agree that, but the the bedding door rests, you know, absolutely on your on the shoulders of yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. And then also the issue of whether or not the problems that we are enumerating today are problems that emanated or happened only during the period of this government, or there are some legacy elements attached to that. I think if we look at all of this in totality, the long and short of it is that, yes, government is doing what it has to do, putting in its bets, but it has gotten to a point that people still think there's more room for improvement. When we all go to school, or when we're in school, no matter how you performed, your terminal report had to come with the statement, there is more room for improvement. It does not in any way suggest that you're not doing well, but it means that you still have an avenue to improve upon what you have done. There's issue and complaints of unemployment and all of that. Those are very germane issues that we need to discuss as a nation. And it doesn't matter how huge the dent of government is in the unemployment situation. There are still people who are unemployed. The argument they haven't even begun to make a dent. Uh, that, that argument, with all due respect, I wouldn't want to buy that. And I think that if we all want to make uh, dispassionate, you know, comments around some of these things. We need to come with some level of objectivity for people to also appreciate that there is no political undertone to whatever we're doing. As this whole discussion started on hardships and stuff, I started to do what I used to do when I was a student then, and even when I was lecturing, doing some kind of research to do a few estimations, and I tried to look at the history of what we call the misery index as computed by the economist Arthur Okun, just by adding the seasonal unemployment uh, figures to inflation to see how. And you see that we have improved over the years because in 2000, our misery index average was about 50.86%, and we've dropped now we are around 15.01%. We got to about 12.2% in 2010. 13 in 2018, 12 in 2019, and now we are 15. So it means that over the years, various governments have made efforts to improve on the living conditions of the people. But be that as it may, we still have a sizable number of Ghanaians 
who are unable to live the lives that the average person must live. And that is a concern that all of us need to address. This government on his part or her part has been trying the possible means to make sure that we kind of mitigate the sufferings of the people through various social interventions that all of us are aware. Some of them are tax reliefs and abolishments that were made in 2017, about 15 of them, the provision of free senior high school restoration of some cancelled allowances and all of that. As we do all of this, we are equally not oblivious to the fact that there are a certain group of people that have not benefited from these interventions or even if they have benefited, they still have some elements of constraints that they are faced with. How do we address all of these going forward? I think we come from that position and that is why we think that in the very limited another term, four-year term that has been given to the president, we need to get our loins together and try to do what will inure to the utmost interest of the larger population. And that is what we are doing. We appreciate calls like the visits and the concerns that are coming so that it also strengthens us, strengthens us and reminds us of things that we are even losing sight of and things that we need to do further to make sure that we improve the lives of the people. Mm. Uh, Doc, hold on for me. I'll come to hear from Hardy and uh, Mark Jordan shortly. Just a reaction to what we just heard there, whether it gives them any cause for uh, comfort at all. But uh, Dr. Ajiman, well, you've had the debate. I reserved you for last because I just wanted to sort of now, what doctors do is to synthesize. <laughs> so synthesize for me. Okay, so I think the larger context for me is important, right? I, th- I am glad about the fact that we have young people who are showing this interest in political, in the political space. Because we tend to have this argument that young people don't care about politics, they care about the flimsy things and so on and so forth. So for me, it's good that they are talking and they are expressing themselves the way they are. And they've gotten government to change their stance over the period. Because when you look at it initially, they said fix yourself, and they were even insulting people and so on and so forth. They even forced to apologize, some yes, of them. Yes, but for example, you hear the tone of Dr. Buaku. It's good. He's coming to now like be more reconciliatory towards them. It's a very good thing. But you see, we have to understand that for me, the one of the other larger problems is that we have a context where, regardless of the party in power, there are some problems that will occur and it will be difficult to deal with them. Okay, so for instance, our import-export problem, the legacies from, the, from our past and so on and so forth, they are all there. But we also have the situation where our, our parties say certain things, especially during the election season, and they have to be held accountable for those things. And when a party is in power and they, are, and they have said certain things in the past, we need to use those things that they've said to talk about what they are doing now. So forget about our opinions. Let's see what they said in the past. So the current president, for instance, didn't he criticize the uh, former President Mills when he was in power? After five months, didn't he tell him to fix it? Isn't that what these people are saying now? So why are we now trying to demonize those people when they are now saying the same thing he said then? What did the president and uh, we've heard them, uh, people say things about COVID and so on. When did the president promise the hospitals per district? It was not during COVID. What has happened since then? You see what I'm saying? 
And there are all these other examples of corruption and so on and so forth. Like today, I just read a report that said that for the first time in 13 years, the State of the Nation Address didn't even mention corruption. And there are all of these instances of corruption that are occurring, and they anger people. So you see all of these problems going on, and you, uh, and you hear people belittle the things you are saying, and so on and so forth. And it can be very triggering to the extent that people also get even more and more angry, and then this conversation comes up. So for me, I don't think um, there's a problem with the people talking. And in any case, a democracy is strong when people are able to express themselves. And the president himself said a few years ago that he, he preferred a reckless media to praise singers. And the word reckless is very, very easy to define. It means careless. It means you, you're not even thinking before you talk. But that's what makes a democracy a democracy. When people are able to say anything they want, especially to public figures. Okay, so that's what this space is about. People are talking and they are feeling free. And of course, they'll say things like, there's no water, there's no light. It, it doesn't mean that, like, the whole country, there's literally no water, literally no light. It doesn't mean that every single road doesn't work or whatever. But there's a certain level of expectation that people have, you know. And I mean, I would segue a little bit to say that I expect, for example, the media, when I say media, I don't mean you in particular, but media in general, to critique some of the things that are being said both ways. For instance, and I'm glad Dr. Buaku is here, when the vice president brought out the things that he said, there was an, a, an accompanying infographic about some of the claims. Okay, so for instance, they said something about, um, if I can find it quickly, that w there was weak food security that was inherited, and Ghana was 78th on the global food security index, but now Ghana is 58th. I checked to, today, and Ghana is rather 77th. So I don't know if he can correct that, for instance. No. And then there are some other things that they've said, which when you read, you understand why people are angry. Because they say, for instance, they have inherited um, uh, power sector challenges, and they say work is ongoing. What does that mean? They say they inherited poor roads, and yet in the first term, they've, they've um, done the largest investments in, in the Fourth Republic for any government. You know, they say things and like... And I guess you ask, what, where's the evidence of that? That's what I'm saying, yeah. And, you know, he was talking about research. That's what we all do. And it's important. And that's what you do to show that you actually... I mean, as for the roads, it's simple to give us the numbers. So say, we, since we came, instead of saying that, they should have said, we've done X kilometers of road in five years compared to X kilometer of road the previous five exactly. years. So then you then, then you could exactly yes. and then so you then, tell us yes. tell us the stretches. Yes. Take so we can Rawlings learn. first year, yeah. Kufors first term. Yeah. Take but when you put it so that vaguely yes. and say we've done the you know that, that it and show you know, it. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But I mean then, but then also understand that simply saying that doesn't make people happy. You know, because like I said, the level of expectation that comes from our campaign season, it's unrealistic. But unfortunately that's become the the, the norm. That's why you have people pounding fufu because they won't vote. Because they have, they have created this situation. So you brought up the issue that I need to explore shortly, which mm -hmm. is that they say this, but we vote for them. Yes. So, who, so who, who, is the, who, is, who, is, who is the bigger problem? The people who believe those outrageous things and vote for them anyway, or the people who, who, are, who are, you know, lying to I us. I think... I mean, we'll have that conversation shortly because some have said it's, it's us because we vote them there. I don't think we believe them, though, even though we vote. But that, we, that is my problem. Ah, but we, but we vote for them. I mean, once you vote for them, it's an endorsement of what they've told you, is it not? No, let me, let me just end quickly because I know you have to move Yeah, on. I need but to. When the president said he was going to build 80 hospitals in a year, nobody believed him. But you voted for him. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So then the fact that you voted for him doesn't mean you believed he would do it. And I mean, I don't want to put him on the spot, but I don't think he even believed it. 
<laughs> it's not some. It's not realistic. No, that they haven't started that. the block work yet. Yeah. See, I mean, let, 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 let me. Abdul, Abdul Karim, sorry, you've been on for a while. Um, I mean, I, I'll come yeah, to uh, Doc. I'll come to you shortly because I need to hear from Abdul, Abdul Karim, who hasn't spoken yet. Abdul, um, have you been swayed by any of any of the arguments? Well, I just find the the whole debate very ridiculous, Evans, and and I say ridiculous uh, without any apology whatsoever. And I guess. I would also start exactly from, from how you yourself, Evans, not to pick on you, but how you yourself started with the introduction of Dr. Gideon Bokum. I mean, if I, if I got you correctly, uh, you said something to the effect that uh, Dr. Gideon Bokum is uh, being kind enough to engage us. And, and for me, I think that this sort of um, paternalistic, patrimonial way of, of doing our politics is precisely the problem that we have here. So it is not surprising that Joseph... Yes, it's not surprising that Joseph, who is a very good friend of mine, would list some examples of what exactly the government is doing. So when it, when it comes to an unemployment, obviously, you get some numbers from the government's end. It is also true that quite a number of people are also struggling to find jobs to do. So what you see there is a stalemate where people say, fix our country now. They are raising a lot of issues. Government comes to say, well, we are doing A, B, C, D. But you see, even in Somalia and in DR Congo, where uh, conflicts have uh, been hitting these countries and all of that, and we don't consider them for anything, even in those places, their governments have been able to do something. Some jobs have been created one way or the other. I think it is the, the degree of improvement of the ordinary people vis-a-vis -vis that of the political class. So when um, the finance minister took ill, he was very quickly able to fly out and go deal with whatever condition that he had for himself. Our president, Anabdanko Kufado, does same all the time. If you go to Nigeria, Buhari has become a health tourist in the UK. These are the things that people see and then raise some of the questions that they raise. So when they raise all those problems and then the counter reaction is that they are being unreasonable because we have created X amount of jobs over this period. The oh, question, yeah. however, the, the question, however, is, if you look at people within the political class, I'm sure you, Evans, would have some of your classmates, and I have some, who right after Legon, they get into this politics somehow. There's one I know who is now running for the youth organizer of the of the NPP. And and he's, I mean, the, the rumors suggest that he's doing pretty well. And I do not know what exactly he has been doing since we left Legon. So these are the things. So tomorrow, if that person is the general secretary of the NPP, and he is building, and he says, Obiabedidi, from where? Where is he getting the resources to give everybody something to eat? So these are the, the things that people would see. And then ultimately, when some of these conversations come up on social media and all of that, and people are making demands, it appears that these demands are unreasonable. But they are not unreasonable within the context of the problems that are at play here. And for me, if we don't detach ourselves and move away from that colonial uh, uh, um, uh, regime that we have, because if you look at it quite clearly, the only things that have really changed is that we have Ghanaians who are political leaders today. But if you look at the architecture that exists, it is nothing significantly different from the colonial element that existed then, where the authorities of the time only did things to suit their own interests. Today, that is what we are seeing. General secretaries of political parties are some of the most powerful people in this country. The average person who belongs to a political party and knows some godfather in NPP or NDC are, are, are the most powerful people. That cannot be how we do things. And so if we don't appreciate some of these things from that end, 
we'll get a sort of anger that we are seeing today. Tomorrow, maybe it will not be as nice as we have seen fix our country now. It would be what we saw in, say, Tunisia with uh, Mohamed Bouazizi and many other places like that. And I'm sure that is not exactly what we want here in this country of us. I mean, so, so address for me, and I, I want to bring in Gunyo Baku here, uh, uh, and, and I want to bring Hadi into uh, and uh, Mark Jordan and Abdul. But Abdul, I'll start with you. You had, you had um, uh, Gideon Baku's uh, sessions. Does any of the things he said um, convince you that some work has been done to address the concerns that you have? I mean, what Dr. Gideon Baku says is to just take the obvious events. And, and I say that also because, like I've given examples of, I mean, mention any country that you consider to be very depraved today. And we can point to some evidence of their government doing one thing or the other. So if we are minded to, be, to not be disingenuous, we would notice that when people raise the questions that they have raised, the response that we must get and the satisfactory response is not what Dr. Gideon is saying. I can appreciate also the position that he's in because it's a very, very difficult place that he is in because some of the issues are legacy problems, as, as Joseph mentioned. But that notwithstanding, would Dr. Gideon Bokum, for instance, be interested in advocating for the scrapping of Esgracia that members of parliament are enjoying? Would he, for instance, be ready to say that the benefits that he's enjoying from the office of the vice president is going to cut down those uh, benefits? Would he be okay to say that, well, the V8s and the many other loans that members of parliament and all of that are enjoying are things that he, as a member of the political elite in the country today, is going to stick his neck out there and go out there and fight against those things. He would not do that. But what he will tell you is that, well, if, if I crunch the numbers, I've seen that we have, we have grown from one, time, one point to the other. Of course, Evans, anybody at all, if you place them in, in a position of power that he is in today, would be able to also return with some numbers in terms of some progress and all of that. So that cannot be satisfactory. Okay, hold on, Gideon, your reaction? Well, um, I think um, without due respect, um, my good brother may have to tone down a little bit on some of the commentary. Such as? And, um, I mean, he's asking hard questions uh, of you as, uh, yeah. as a political leader. I mean, respectability uh, politics hasn't helped anybody ever. That, that's fine, but I mean, we also how he started addressing you and some of us. I mean, I, I'm I'm not offended yeah, at so, all because I mean, it, um, the job we do is yeah, is okay. just that. That's, that's I fine. mean, he was making a fair point actually. I think. I mean, and I say that all the time to anybody who joins yeah, me, I as you know. But no, 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 no. I mean, no, 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 no. He, the point he made about I, I get no, him. I mean, he's it's not a busy person. He's yeah, I mean, the point I, make, I say that to everybody who joins me is just out of ketsy. Yeah. Uh, not out of out of patronizing so, anybody, so I, I, so I don't have an issue. But he addressed the question, the fundamental questions that he asked of you. Yeah, I think some of the things he's saying, he's also saying those things based on what he knows, which I think um, are not adequate, um, for want of a better word. Uh, he makes the claim that will I be in a position to advocate for. Uh, some of the things I enjoy from government to be taken away from me. <laughs> and I don't know exactly what he's talking about because I know a lot of people sit back and think that if you are in government, there are so many entitlements that you get that are not really there. Yo. So, oh, yeah. so I'm saying it's perception. That's what I'm saying that he, he doesn't have adequate information on what he is talking about. If he did, probably he wouldn't make such statements. 
And the question of whether or not I would want to advocate that MPs should not be giving loans to, I mean, the contraction of Ex-gra- a loan. Ex-gratia. Contraction of a loan is a contractual arrangement between an entity or a person and a bank <laughs> and a lender. Okay, that has nothing to do with government. Even an MP, it's not every MP that takes loan to buy a car. So if an MP decides to use a salary to take a loan to buy a car, why should it be a government business to say a bank should not give to that but person? But doesn't government so, guarantee it? What guarantee? <laughs> please. So, please, that's I mean, that's why I'm saying that uh, there is lack of adequate information on, the, on, on his part. Therefore, he makes certain statements. And so I can I can I can grant that 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 is fine. Um, I I don't intend to be in a banter on some of these things. But I think that for us as a government, we appreciate that we have a responsibility to deliver on the mandate that the people have entrusted us with. We will try and are trying our best. I know, like he said, uh, it's just like any other machine or human beings. Our efficiency levels are not hundred percent. So much as we try our best, people will still have unmet expectations which have to be addressed. And that is exactly what the vice president said. Yes, we cast our minds back to see where we're coming from, what we've done so far, and we think that there's more room for improvement. And we are working on that. Um, There is the concern that we need to double our steps and make sure that we accelerate the rate at which we are going, which is a fair comment to make. But um, the kind of comparisons and examples that we make with other countries that we haven't had so much read into what happens there uh, can be made by anyone also. But we need to look into our own ancestors' pool to see as a country, where do we want to go? Where are we going? Have we been able to reach a mile or a kilometer? And will we be able to get there? And how do we approach that? Government has the responsibility, but the citizens also have what we need to contribute. Okay. And if we are able to do that, we will all be able to move forward as a country. And I think as young as we are, all are we are all young people sitting here. If government goes well or Ghana goes, it benefits all of us. If it doesn't go well, all of us suffer. Yeah, I mean, but, but what but, is important is the commitment from the political class. If there is that commitment, and I, I guess I guess that it comes to down do to it. that word you use that they that they they, 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 they Mark Jordan and Co. They haven't seen the comment. Mark Jordan, just just brief comment on what you've heard from. Uh, so this is an official mouthpiece speaking to you now. Anything you've heard that 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 convinces you? To be honest, I'm not convinced, um, and I. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. It's all PR gimmicks. It's all come and just defend the government and just and let uh, let 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 figure the next step out. Um, I am not convinced. I I believe we need to we 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 need to do more than what is is happening. And so, so, Jordan, I guess we, uh, before we as we. As we end, just a quick one. Just a quick one, Majora. That is that is the question I'm going to ask you, so that like, you can you can crystallize it for me. What would it take, I mean, from the government's point, to convince you that at least they are beginning to address the issues that uh, you've raised? What would it take? First of all, we need we need accountability. A lot has been said about previous governments wasting taxpayers' money, all the hula balloons were, were were said. Nothing has been done about them. A lot of allegations have been laid on, uh, like, 
government official. None have been prosecuted. The abandoned project lying down, none has been attended to. The average Ghanaian is crying, it's, it's, it's weeping to just survive. We are just asking for simple things. We want a country where access to healthcare is determined by your need for it, not how much you have to pay or whom you know. We want a healthcare system that prioritizes human dignity. Pay healthcare workers fairly and account for the quality of patient outcomes. It's as simple as that. Okay. We want roads to be fixed. We want roads to be fixed. We want jobs to be available to, to the youth. So that it is not a matter so, of who so, you know. So, so my Jordan, no, just just hold on, uh, Doctor. No, no, I don't. I don't have time. I need to. I need to just land for me in a second, and I'll, I want to have uh, Doctor Juman just wrap up for me. Yes, land in a second, Mark Jordan. Well, to be honest with you, I just believe a lot has been said. We just demand accountability. The faith the country movement is on. We are going to push hard. We are going to demand accountability for our from our leaders. Right. And no matter where you are, whether you are in Ghana, UK, US want to hold allegiance to Ghana, push this movement, let's demand accountability. Dr. Jiman, where do we find the middle ground? I guess that's it. Where, 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 would, where, where, where can we establish that middle ground? We establish middle ground by ensuring that the different sectors of government do what they have to do and we push them and hold them accountable. That's what I think is um, contingent if we want to make the democracy work and make the country work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that's the middle ground. Yes, the it, it really yeah. depends on the government. Yes, we need to keep the government on, on its toes. All right. So, Evans, I think that two seconds. Definitely. Yeah, we are all we all want Ghana to be fit, but it should be done in a way, man. That that, that is, I, I think, uh, much more in a decorous manner. I think we shouldn't be extremists and you know Joseph. shouting and holding and, and trend position Joseph. because some of us are living in Ghana. Yeah. So those. Shouting on top of their roofs, yeah. sitting outside there, they don't like from much more than we uh, do. So they should tone down. Joseph, if, if, uh, yeah. that, so, that, Joseph. that point yeah. is a very so ridiculous point, and I that, think you need to point it out. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that a Ghanaian in Ghana is not more Ghanaian than a Ghanaian outside of the country. Thank you. We all so we we need that to be Okay, Hadi, 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 Joseph. So everyone wants to see outcomes. Hadi, Majora, myself, all the doctors here, we all want to see outcomes. If you want to have outcomes, then it means that the demands or the kind of conversations you are having should be the kind of conversations that have tangible outcomes at the end of it. Mm. So when Mark Jordan says this is not a partisan thing, the point is that if you want the, the government to do something and they are not doing it, what does it mean? It means when you go to the polls, you would have to change those and you have to bring in a new kind of person. So, so you're saying that ultimately the I'm people also have ultimate, the power ultimately to make that decision. To the Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time on Ghana Connect. Uh, and this is a conversation that definitely I'm sure is going to continue as Hadi and, and Co. have said. Uh, the latter are up next, obviously. Uh, with, uh, you want to join them with the uh, very latest on the world of sports and football to be very specific.
Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Adu Jr. Very good evening to you wherever you find yourself. Time for the locker room. Enjoy 99.7 FM. We're crowning champions, perhaps in England and in Germany. Very much on the cards this weekend. Yeah, the top four races around Europe as well are getting keener. We are on the circuit in Spain as we bring you the Spanish Grand Prix around the country in Ghana. There's Ghana Premier League to look forward to. March the 23 that has started with some kind of energy in Texas. There's a big bout between Saul Canelo Alvarez and and Billy Saunders, and there's tennis news for you as well on the show from the ongoing Madrid Open up on our screens here on the locker room. But as always, just one place to begin uh, this evening. We have to start on a pugilistic note, and there's a big boxing bout to look forward to. Saturday night at the AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Boxing's biggest star, Saul Canelo Alvarez, seeks to add the WBO super middleweight belt to his ring, magazine, WBA, WBC titles. He already owns in an intriguing 12-stone unification bout with the unbeaten British counterpart, Billy Joe Saunders. Now, that's a special one to look forward to. Ladies and gentlemen, after 12 rounds of action here in San Antonio, we go to the judges' scorecards. Steve Weisfeld and Rafael Ramos both scored about 119 to 109. Steve Morrow scored this contest 117 to 111. All three for your winner, 
by unanimous decision. Side, Marcus McDonald scores about 113 to 113, even a draw. Overruled by Judge Phil Edwards, who scores about 114 to 112, and Dave Paris, who sees it 115 to 100.